Good morning, sir. Uh, too good to be forgotten. Chris Garland sadly passed away um, recently. A big friend and former teammate of yours at Chelsea. Let's tell the Chris Garland story from Alan Hudson's perspective. Your friend. Well, uh, yeah. Um, uh, to be perfectly honest, when I when I I heard the news, I, I it didn't sink in. I went out. A couple of days later, and I've just something on my mind. Another family member I've got is very ill. She's she, my sister-in-law is very ill, and I went to see visit her. And Chrissy died that day, and it kind of hit me a couple of days later, you know. And I couldn't wait the two things up, and uh, then it started. All the memories started flooding back of the great times I had with him, and me and him with the team, without the team, you know. Um, he. As you know, you know, like we always said, you know, people say to me, I was reading, I was seeing, looking at the Dave English thing the other day when we captured the, we opened the bat with Viv Richards and people say, well, why did, how come you got to play with Viv, you know, and well, it, it was a big buddy of Chris, Chris Garland introduced me to Viv and uh, they were like two peas in a pod. One was a, a player from Bristol City who, who came to Chelsea for a hundred thousand pound and you know, he was he was just super, you know, he fitted in like a pair of gloves and uh, uh yeah. and then his sparring partner was the best cricketer in the entire world. And I loved I do love my cricket and uh and I got to know Riff uh, Viv through Chris and uh and through his relationship with Viv they used to go on holiday Barbados and this particular year, Chris took me to Barbados with him because uh, I had a place over there, and uh, I reciprocated by taking him to my place in Tampa Bay sometime later. You know, so there, it was a it was a lovely it was it was a great love affair with Chris. You know, you know he's someone you just loved. You know, you didn't like him as you know you like people and you dislike people, but. You just love certain people, and uh, the love I have for Chris is immense, you know. And I told young Adam the other day, his boy, I said, he says, you don't have to tell me how. He said, I can see it when you're together, you know. He's just a fantastic fella. Before we go back to 1971, because I believe that was the year that uh, Chris Garland walked through the gates at, at Stamford Bridge, let's just momentarily talk about when you did open the batting with Lord Bunbury, because it's a great story, <laughs> isn't it, <Al? laughs> Well, it was, uh, you know, uh, you know, we... Uh, uh, people like Frank Werber and Chris Garland, myself, um, Don Shanks, you know, that's our little team, and... Uh, and we, we had a coaching school together, and I, it was me and Don's coaching school, where Frank was always included, Chris Garland was always there. We were we were like a family, you know, and, uh, uh, it, and Chrissy, me, me and Chrissy, knowing Riff, we, I, we go down to playing. We did a lot of testimonial dues that people, all for nothing. We, we weren't bothered about money. We just wanted to do it because we believed in it. We went all over the country doing so. And um, one of them, one of them was a cricket match down in the, ah, where did I, geezer, give me a bar down there. Where, where did I, down in your way, Warwick way. Oh, okay. He, uh, geezer owed him, he owed me money and 
somebody owed him money and he said i'll take the bar off you and he, he, he and he named it hudson's it was uh lemon lemon spa oh right okay huh? and i had a bar there Okay. And I used to go. I used to go down to Leamington Spa on certain occasions to show me face, and I didn't earn no money out of it, just for drinks and all. There's a day out, and I was, I was going out with my, my second wife at the time. We went down there and a couple of nice weekends, and the boys would come. Tommy Docky come down there and opened the bar for us, actually. So it it was a bit of a thing, something they'd never done in Leamington Spa, but you know. So this led to the cricket match, and. Uh, I was with Viv in the morning. My friend, my son Alan was there. Uh, my friend from Stoke, Terry Bate, came down. He got on with Viv Richards like a house on fire because all they talked about was drink, drugs, and women. And it was, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't get them apart. They once they were sitting in the corner, they were telling each other stories. You know, one for, one of man, a fellow from the pottery business, who me and him went to America when when we got the under house arrest and all that and he had a few quid and he he put his money on the where, where his mouth is kind of thing and, and we had a ball he was away for about two years in america and house arrest in Bermuda. and there's him and viv you know and they you know like they'd known each other for years this this was a beautiful thing about our relationships you know you, you bring two people together and they're just you think this is amazing how they get on so well, you know, and and that is, I think, the key to my life because I wouldn't introduce lovely people to dodgy people and people I don't like. As I've just said to you, Chrissy is a totally different, you know, there's been, we've lost a few players over the years. Uh, I think there's only three of us left from the cup final team. Uh, and uh, this is like a... a a, a major blow was Peter Houseman when we lost Peter at a very early age, but that was just horrendous, you know, in the car crash with his wife leaving two kids behind, you know. And someone once said then, this team, Chelsea's got a line of tragedy through it, you know, uh, and people, you know, the, the Osgood thing, the Hutchinson thing, and uh, all right, look, just recently, you know, Ronnie, uh, Johnny Hollins and, and what have you, but Chris has really hit me, you know. It's uh, and I think I think we do when we. Do. I think you only can tell you love people when you think I'll never see them again, and 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 it's heartbreaking, you know. It really shook me. I answered somebody on the Facebook the other day. Someone put something on the Facebook when I was first time I've ever answered them and put them in their place. They said. Just in a few words, they said, Chris Garland was a good footballer for Chelsea. And I said, excuse me. I said, Chris Garland was a human being with family, with kids, with a wife. Chris Garland is a human being. And when we go out together and when we went out together, we didn't go out as footballers. We went out as friends. I mean, you got, is that all you think about, Chris Garland in a Chelsea shirt? You should be absolutely ashamed of yourself. If you live your life like that, go on supporting Chelsea. And you just just think of Alan Hudson in a number 10 shirt. Well, I'm more than that. I'm a person, you know. And I, 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 live my, I don't want to leave this world as the best footballer in the world or one of the best footballers ever seen. I want to leave here as a nice bloke who got on, who, who have feelings and, and 
met some wonderful people along the way. That's that's my life. That's my that's my legacy. My legacy has nothing to do with football. My legacy will get be getting through the accident and getting through the hospital, getting through the operations, and being being around real lovely people. And Chris is. You know, they just don't come any lovelier than Chris. It, it, everybody I introduced him to when we done the coaching school in Stoke, he was as popular as, you know, any Stoke player. You know, they just loved him. And the girls loved him, of course, because he's a good-looking boy. So what did Chris say when you opened the batting with Lord Bunbury and you didn't last that long, did he look at you? Well, Chris weren't too bothered because he was in the bar, I think. <laughs> But uh, but the, 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 we had been before, you know, and that was the morning with Viv and Terry were, you know, we was, well, I think we met in a casino or something because we were having a couple of drinks and before the game. And then we go into the, uh, we're getting changed and we put our whites on and I put my pads on and I've looked over at David English and uh, I've pointed like, to his pads as much as say he's me. You know, and, and Viv's come in as captain, and then Viv says, Right, fellas, uh, who's going to open? So I've shot my hand up first, and I said, I'd like to open. And I looked at Dave, and Dave put his, his hand up. He said, Come on, then, me and you, Al. So that was it. That was it. So he says, That's what I like to see. People want to go out there and, you know, be professional about it. I said, There's no better professional than me playing cricket. So. We walked to the wicket. As we walk into the wicket, I said to David, look, I'll take first ball. He said, no, I like to take first ball. I said, no. I said, I want you to watch because this is how we're going to do it. We're going to have a look at the bowling for three or four overs, and then we're going to open up, and then we'll give him, we'll give him some right hander. He said, I like your way of thinking now. He said, that's a, that's a perfect way to play. So I got the mid-crease, and this bowler came in, bowled me. When I took the biggest swing at it and missed it, third ball, second ball, third ball, fifth ball, and I took five almighty swings at it and didn't hit one of them. I couldn't even see it. I've been drinking all morning. <laughs> anyway, he gave me out after the fifth ball, I think, and I walked off, and David, David stood on the other end looking at me walk off. And I, I was getting all these signs, you know, what happened, you know. He would come me. What was that talk about? What was the talk about? And it was great. His face, it was just, he couldn't wait to get off to see me in the bar after. And so, you know, he might have worked with the Beaches and all that, but, you know, he never worked with me. What, what was Chris like at cricket? Was he a batsman? Was he a bowler? What were, I know the connection is Viv Richards and he, he it was his yeah. mate. So was he a social cricketer or did Chris take it serious? No, he was a Chris was a social cricket. Yeah. I mean, I, I I couldn't take. Once I knew I, I mean, I was a good cricketer at school, but once I knew I, I couldn't compete at that level. It it became so totally social. I could put, I don't try and pretend to be anything that I can't be. And uh, uh, I, I found out at school one day I was playing for West London with my friend Bill Boyce, and who's obviously he was the one whose uncle played. Uh, for the West Indies, Keith Boyce, who played for Essex, and my mate was Little Orville, who we named Bill, and uh, I, I I just batted with him one day, and this fast bowler came in and bowled at me, and I didn't see it. Mm. I, I didn't see it, and I can't blame Drink for that, because I was, I was a schoolboy, and I thought, not for me. You know, that could have knocked my head off. 
took my eye out. So I just couldn't see it. I've never seen anyone. But so I watch cricket now, and how these, you know, that's that's like people when they go to Wimbledon, they say, if you've ever been to Wimbledon, you just don't believe the way these tennis players pick up the balls, you know. And and I and I and I experienced that. I went to Wimbledon once, but cricket was a different ball game because. You get a cricket ball in the face, you know, that we've speaking the other day about I was speaking to somebody I was at the over one day when someone whacked the ball with Brian Close and hit him on the head mm. from about six yards and it went up in the air, someone caught it and he fucking ran over and grabbed hold of him. Yeah. And he just rubbed his head as if it was nothing, you know. These these and obviously today that's where they wear the helmets. But uh, no, Christie was very much uh, when it comes to Especially charity things tonight. I went. Nobody really took it that serious. It was. It was all. It was all fun, you know. But uh, and that's what. And that's basically what Chris was all about. It was. And uh, take away the ninety minutes when he was a. Uh, you know, he was the bloody good player. He was very underrated. He he came to Chelsea at the wrong time. Really, uh, we were kind of him and Bill Garner was also a good player and a good lad. You know. Uh, we were on a, a downfall, you know, free fall. We was in free fall from probably after the cup winners go. When we got beat 72, Chris was our best player. He was the best player in the two semi-finals, and we played brilliantly against Spurs. And he was our best player against Stoke City in the final. I, I, I in my book anyway. And uh, he nearly got us a result there. He got Banksy brought him down when he was through about an inch outside the box, which would have changed the game. Chrissy always swore that it was inside the box, but it wasn't. I've watched it a million times. He's watched it a million times. Even we argue about it. But I wanted him to be inside the box. And I wanted him to get out and take the penalty because he was super. You know, he he didn't get there. You know, he's an uns, unsung hero in any way. And when I see that thing on... From Bristol City the other day, I thought that's fantastic. They've 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 acknowledged one of the, one of the, a great lad. Um, as I said to you earlier on, I, all I remember was a they had a prolific goal scoring partnership in Galley and Garland, and I just didn't know. I, I wouldn't. I could have passed them in the street a million times. I wouldn't know them. But when I see Chrissy walk through the door, uh, he uh, that was it for me. He we just cracked it. As I do with so many people, well, so few people, but that they sit, they seem like they're many because they're that big, you know, and they're such a huge part of your life. And uh, on Shanks and I, we were going to go and uh, visit him, but we couldn't because of the COVID, and mm. and it was downhill ever since. It's a very sad, sad few. It's going to be a. It's, you know, good job I'm the way I am and I can get out and enjoy myself. But, you know, I had a drink for him the other day and uh, he's just a lovely, lovely, lovely man. What was your first thoughts of Chris when you walked through the door there? Because as you alluded to, you'd heard of Chris Garland and I think it was John Gailey, wasn't it? Double G for Bristol City that were banging all the goals in. So he's arrived at Stamford Bridge. And, I mean, this fella, I mean, he was a good-looking boy, golden, locked yeah. hair, wasn't he? Well, yeah. Was his was his fashion sense uh, to mirror the way that he actually looked, Chris? So when he walked through there, I'm guessing he looked a million dollars, and he was a great footballer as well. He had uh, uh, Chris's strength, apart from his the ridiculous sense of humour from that part of the world, is uh, you know 
he spoke funny. He spoke. He didn't sound. He didn't sound like anyone I've ever met, really. And I, I got kind of, kind of distant relations down in Cornwall, places like that. But he just spoke differently, and he was. Um, I think I was the first. Chelsea, I was the first player he met because I was standing outside the offices the day he signed, and we just bumped into each other. And I gathered. I heard that we made a new sign, and I looked at him. and I thought it must be him. But I didn't know what to make of how we got the goals with Galli. So Galli must have been the big fella up front who, who he played off. I believe so. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Chris was. Chris had all the attributes, you know. He, you know, I truly believe if he, I always say, you know, talking about Waddington, if he'd have come to Stoke with me, he'd have been an even better player, you know, because he would have been allowed to play the way he wanted to play, rather than what the way the coach wanted him to play. And uh, he wasn't a right winger. He was stuck out of the right most times. He'd done a lot of damage in the semi-finals. But Chris was a good centre forward. You know, uh, uh, he had great attributes. He had great pace. He was good in the air. He was strong. He was, but brave as a lion. And brave, you know, he's been very brave through this illness. He had the illness the day I met him. So he was only twenty. Um, 23 then, 24 then, and he had the he had MS from then because I he, he used to you know it was like someone had been a, you know had it a late night the night before and you see him got the shakes you know and Chris was a little bit like that and I knew he hadn't been out and and it's it, just the end of his fingers would start shaking and then he would disappear for 20 minutes you know going to the bathroom or something and. I don't know if it was for medication or whatever, or to be ill or whatever. But he never, he never mentioned it. He never complained about it. And you know, he was a warrior. He was a, and I, as I say, you know, he wasn't really badly. It was, he was great in the coaching schools with the kids and everything else. Uh, and then when we, when we went on, away on vacation and that, he was fine and. And then, and, that, and that disease just hits you, I suppose, at a certain stage where, you know, you're bedbound, and it's it's been horrendous, really. It's a, I mean, the, the only, I'm not saying it's any consolation, but I suppose, as his son said to me, Alan, he says, I know how much you love him, but please don't come up and see him. Mm. So, you know, that me and Dom were going to go up, me and Shanky were all set to go out and see him and they put the brakes on and they say, well, there's COVID, you know, don't come up because of the COVID. So we couldn't go up then. And, and by the same time it was free to go and see him, he deteriorated terribly. Yeah, it's awful, isn't it? It's terrible. terrible yeah. Thing. But he still yeah. loved Blue is the Colour and he still used to sing Blue is the Colour, didn't he, Chris? Well, <laughs> that was Andrew. Andrew said, "Was as a break." He said, "As a as a minor breakthrough." And I, I'm thinking to myself, "My God, he, you know, I don't think you can recover from this illness." And he says, "We've had a minor breakthrough." I said, "What's a minor breakthrough?" He said, "Well, I walked in this morning, and he's sitting in his bed singing blue is a colour," and I couldn't believe. It. I said, "No, what brought that on?" He said, "I don't know." He said, "I just come through." He said, "He was." Sitting up happy and singing blue is a colour. I don't know, so I don't know where that come from. You know, it's probably like when I was in the coma and on the morphine and all that, and yeah. I see, I see my dad in the corner, and it was a coat hanging in the corner on the on a peg, mm. and I I turned around to my uncle. I said, "This wine's beautiful." <laughs> 
and it was water out of a jug, you know, that morphine make, it makes you do funny things. So I can only think that that fluid of colours come from somewhere unknown, you know. Absolutely. But he was so funny. He was, he, he's, he's one of the funniest people I've ever been, you know, he's one of the, he's infectious. He, you know, you want to be in his company and he'll go out with anyone. He don't care really. But when, when me and him went out, it was, um, it was a bit, spe- it was very special to be, I used to look at him as he was a, the big star, not myself, you yeah. know, in Chelsea, you know, I used to think he was, you know, because that's how much I cared for him. And uh, and I always made sure that people don't have a little pop like that. I fell on the Facebook the other day, you know, just mentioned him as, as a, he was a, a good player for Chelsea. Well, he was more than that. He was a fantastic player for Chelsea. You know, and they should have been, after, for 100 grand, he was magnificent. And he was he was, he was just more than a footballer. He was just a fantastic fellow. They, these people don't understand. They don't understand. They think, well, they, are we robots or something? Do we got no feelings to to go on Facebook and say, "Oh, so and so's dead"? Oh, it was a good player. Well, I don't want that on my headstone. Surely, that's not what it's all about. And he had a love of music as well, not just recording "Blues the Colour," but uh, yeah. he was a big fan of Curtis Stoigers, wasn't he? Al? Curtis Stoigers. <laughs> he loved Curtis Stoigers, uh, and I think that was what him and his roof used to have a few glasses of wine and dance to and whatever else they got up to. Um, yeah, he loved Curtis Stigers. And, uh, uh, I, I, I don't know where he came from, Curtis Stigers. I thought he must have been. Well, I know he's American, but he's, he looks, he's, he's also, as soon as his music comes on, I think of Chrissy and think, he sounds like Chrissy. Because <laughs> <laughs> he did, he loved it. I've never heard of Curtis Tigers so I met Chrissy. And he, he, he comes, he said, Curtis, have you got any Curtis Stoigers? He said, I mean, I can't want that. I said, who, who the hell's he? Curtis Stoigers. I said, I've got John Lennon and Paul McCartney, <laughs> Frank Sinatra, not Curtis, bloody Stoigers. <laughs> uh, did, did Chrissy drive? Was he a driver as well? Did he play golf? Did he play other sports? What else did did uh, Chris uh, do? And um, you thought, blimey, what a what a superstar he was! Well, he did do it. Yeah, he played. He played everything. I, yeah. I don't know. If he, I don't know if he went out play. I, he must have played with golf with him and gone out and done only because there was a nineteen pole, but. You know, wherever there was a social, Chris would be there, you yes. know. He was one of them. And uh, he really did, you know, when you hear this term, living life to the full, that was Chrissy, you know. Mm. And he did it to think that he did it with his Ill, terrible illness. It's more the, even more the credit to him, you know. And like I've always called my, my big cousin, Anthony Mason, my hero, the way he went through life and never complained. Well, Chrissy was exactly the same. And when I hear people complaining in the pub, I, I just have to move away and can't stand it. I, mean, I don't want to hear it, you know, because there's always someone who's, you know, really, really ill, you know, and and, and this, and he just, he just never, never moaned about it, never, never said, oh, well, yeah. I, I, I said to him one day, uh, I, I tried to, um, yeah, you know the Chris Collin charity, uh, and I think I'm, we mentioned about Gary Lineker. He asked Gary Lineker could he help one day? Was it a function? So he had one for his son, 
was a real dire thing, uh, which was awful. Did you just and, break uh, it up a bit, Al? Uh, he came, Chris, Chris went, he came back to the table at, at a function and he said, oh, I've got the amp with that Gary Lineker. He said, I think I can't give him a right hand. I said, don't do that, Chris. Uh, because he asked him if he could help him, and he said, "Go and speak to my agent," and I, mm-hmm. and that turned me off Gary Lineker forever. And I, I see him at, in a Terry at Terry Neal's bar in Holborn one day, and he come over to say hello, and I just turned my back on him. I thought, "You can't help my mate, go away," you know. Uh, and that was that was, oh, you just could not say, "Let's help you, Chris," you know. And I, I, I and I tried to do it, and I fell out with the people that put these charities together. And uh, it's just I found out that all they do is they're in it for themselves, not not the individual. I know a lot of people do so so much good in charities, but as I found out in hospital, you know these the young doctors and nurses who looked after me were just fantastic. But they're a different breed, you know. Absolutely, and Chris was a different breed because you have mentioned his charity work. The most charitable thing that Chris did was when he went back to Bristol City in the 70s. He's one of the Ashton Gay eight that ripped up the contracts and saved the football club. So not just for his football, not just for his personality, but for his charitable work and what he'd done for Bristol City. There, there wouldn't be a Bristol City today if it wasn't for Chris Garland and his seven other teammates that ripped up their contracts. That's one hell yeah. of a one hell of a thing to do for a football club. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember going out to down in Bristol one night with him and Joe Royal. He's very good friends with Joe Royal as well. Uh, and that that's what they them people are like. Chris is like that. Big Joe's like that. Good people, you know. I remember Joe Royal in the early days with you know when we go out with him and Alan Ball and. You know, they're just good people to be around. And they're, 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 you read the other side about footballers and basically footballers are no different for anybody, any other walk of life. But when you when they're special, they're very special. And uh, uh, out of everybody I've met at Stanford Bridge, and there was none better than Chrissy. He was just, you know, he was just out there. Um, and he's one of those you couldn't wait to see. coming to live with me in Stoke, really. It, it, for a few months, I was staying in, in a kind of a hotel there. And uh, he come and stayed with me for a long time. And that was when we went to America. And uh, he could have stayed with me forever, you know. It was it was one of those relationships. Um, you know, you just can't get enough of nice people. And that's good enough. They're rather unique. They don't come around all that often people that are genuine um are decent people to have around you sadly chris has passed away but his memories al will always be there and his legacy will always be there and these players are people more than anything people with families and they are too good to be gotten too good to be forgotten mate oh absolutely mate i mean um Whenever I'm out, you know, Chris is, uh, is a name pop. I always think he's with me, you know, I think of Chris. I'd, I'd be a liar if we, these people lie when I say I speak about him every day or whatever. Yeah. But they're always a part of you, you know, mm. and something, uh, his name would pop up and I wouldn't 
really mention anything. I just think about the times we shared together, and uh, you know, the, for me, uh, I can only say because of who he was, he was Chelsea's greatest signing. I mean, Frank Lampard, Lampard proved to be their best signing for business-wise and the, how many goals he scored. But for me, Chris Garland, you know, if I'd have thought my life would have, uh, my football life would have been without Chris here, and it would have been much lesser uh, because I do love people that make me laugh as well. I mean, uh, I live for, we always end up having a laugh at, you know, on the show when we do, but it's moments like this when, uh, you know, you've got to tell people listening that yeah, what a fantastic bloke he was because we don't, we don't know. I, 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 you know, I know a few actors and people like that and you get to know them and, you know, the thing about never meet your hero. I had Rodney, Rodney Marshall. I was out yesterday and I see the fella that loved Rodney Marshall and I, I said, keep away from me. You know, I don't never meet your hero. And I, I, I did. Rodney was my hero as a kid, the play with Fulham and, and I met him and that went out the window, you know, so you never meet your hero, but Chrissy Garland became my hero. Uh, and that, that's what it's all about, Paul. Absolutely. And you've got that lovely photograph of you and, you used to call him Judy, didn't you? Sitting in the dressing room. Well, Judy, yeah, yeah, Judy. He was. He had a few names that you couldn't mention on the radio <laughs> or on TV. But uh, he was. Uh, he used to have a, I, I he used to say, "That ain't right, is it?" That ain't right. And I'd say to him, "What do you mean, that ain't right, is it?" I said, "You don't speak like." That. He said, "Well, where do you come from then?" I said, well, "I'm a Chelsea boy." But you don't say that ain't right. <laughs> you know, and he's all, he had these little quips, you know, and he would say things and make you laugh. He's, you know, and I like people that don't grow up. You know, yeah. it's great. You know, and he and he was a kid right to the end, and you know, he was a very bright fella as well, very very astute, very clever. Uh, and as I say, when Don Shanks, Frank Werberton, and myself, we've done the coaches go he was fantastic to be around Keith Burchin of course come down and he was in 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 the course of us and and it was like it was like the musketeers you know it was it was great stuff five people from five different parts of the world you know getting together and putting on that and and not for money you know we 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 got enough we we didn't even earn any money out of it we broke level but it was fantastic and it was I, I was speaking to my friend the other day about Chris. I said, just a shame we couldn't have kept it going, you know. So that's, that's, what, that's what happened with uh, when we was. We could have kept it going today in the in this climate, but we couldn't then. Absolutely. Some wonderful accounts there, Al, of your friend uh, Chris Garland. Sadly missed, but we won't forget him. Al, can, I thank, can I thank you so much for your time, mate? And, no, brilliant. Uh, we Thank will you. reconvene for our usual My Life, My Music uh, next month, mate. Yes, we will. And I hope wherever he is, he's, uh, he'll, he'll be happy wherever he is, making someone laugh. And uh, even uh, I like to believe that there is something after this, but um, wherever it is, he'll be in a good place. I'm a sure. better place, a better place than where, where he's been in the last couple of years. Yeah, I'm sure he will be, and I'm sure that um, when you meet again, he'll be uh, up that bar saying, Alan, i got a point of cider for you, and let's listen to Curtis Stoigers. <laughs> <laughs> I said, hey, right? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Fantastic, Al. Cheers, pal. All right, pal. Thanks, Paul. Speak soon. Tell her, mate. Bye. 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 Bye